You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. Hello everyone, welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third Robin, Tim Drake. We will be looking at the classic 90s 2000 Robin series and other notable comics with Tim in that era, while also simultaneously taking a look at Tim in the modern era as Red Robin in the pages of DC Comics, plus other Robin and Batman happenings in the world. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. This podcast can be found a few different ways. One, again, is over at the BatmanUniverse.net. Another is over at the Batman Podcast Network, where they host a bunch of other shows and give you links to go, hey, while I'm on BOF, let's see what else is going on. Oh, look, there's Holy Batcast. And oh, look, there's Everyone Loves the Drake. So give the guys over at Batman on Film some love. And you can also get a hold of us through Facebook.com slash Everyone Loves the Drake. We're also on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can email the show, which is kind of stagnant. Let's see if uh, we can get maybe one email in 2017 at at yahoo.com. And uh, one of our new endeavors is over at YouTube. And in the search engine, type in Robin Everyone Loves the Drake Podcast, which Terrence has been uh, putting up some stuff recently covering the search in uh, or the crusade in NightQuest. So, Terrence, how are you doing tonight, sir? Yeah, great, Rob. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, with us returning, uh, we're not going to refer to him as a guest any longer. Uh, he has been with us, I think, nine, nine or ten shows now. Um, he's been a great contributor to the show. So we would officially like to welcome our third host to the show from BOF, Ryan Haas. How are you doing tonight, sir? Yay. I'm doing good. Yay. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to just keep talking about Robin and the yeah. Batman. We, and we were hoping you didn't think like 2016 was such a bad year that we were just going to make a clean slate and I was just going to, you know, fire <laughs> fire everybody from the show. A, I was going to fire Terrence because I'm tired of getting kicked off the show. Yeah. So that he was yeah. going to be my first axe. But no, uh, we're we're very glad uh, to have you on as as official member of the show now. So yeah, um, great. Yeah, thanks for a lot. Now, what I want, though, is uh, since Ryan has taken over the mantle of host of the show, I want him to go crazy like John Paul Valley does and start like talking <laughs> oh, to St. Dumas and yelling in yeah. the microphone and stuff little by little like NyQuest. Yes, I will take over the show. No. <laughs> yeah. What is he doing over there? <laughs> well, I knew uh, Ryan needed to be permanent guest host here um, when um, – I was listening to Batman on film the other day. I was catching up on some that I had missed in December. And I think it was Rick Shue was introducing you during, I think it was one of the Star Wars episodes. Yeah. He did. And he just said, he said, Ryan Haas, Tim Drake. And nothing else, like there was no other statement, <laughs> sentence. And I'm like, Ryan's gone from being the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie guy to being the Tim Drake guy. And then you had like a little, he even said like, you, you got him to start to like Tim Drake now. So I was like, oh. Yeah, because yeah, he, yeah, we had... Because during some of those podcasts, I think maybe during our Batman Day one or something like that, we had all these fun topics, and then we were talking about what our favorite favorite Robin was, and I think Rick picked Dick Grayson, and of course I picked Tim Drake, and then I, you know, went to went on to say why Tim Drake was my favorite Robin, and then Rick was like, I think you're kind of changing my mind. What? Yeah. <laughs> and but on that on that Star Wars podcast, he was actually talked about like. Can you tell me which how to get started on you know Tim Drake comics and stuff like that? And then so I, I was like, yeah, listen to everyone loves the Drake because <laughs> that's right there. Yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed the I really enjoyed your Star Wars uh, podcast and yeah. the, uh, the recent Batman stuff you guys did. I, I got behind a little bit with the holidays and stuff, and then when I was doing some work, I had them on catching up. So uh, and your uh, kind of year end review and stuff. So really enjoyed it. 
The good I, thing is, um, for you know, me being on BOF and me being on this podcast now, it's easy to keep up with the two podcasts I like if I'm actually on them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when it when it downloads, you're like, oh, I've already heard this one when it recorded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've I've been behind. We're a segment we're gonna talk about is you know our comics, and I've been behind in comics and my podcasts on my phone are saying, hey, you're starting to creep into, uh, you know, your full limit of your data. You got to start listening to the, some of this stuff. So I got a a new uh, vehicle, uh, and there was no jack for the phone to be able to plug it in, and then I upgraded to the iPhone seven, and there's no jack in the vehicle, and there's no jack on the phone. So I'm like, I gotta find an inventive way to start listening because that that was my drive back and forth uh, from work. Listen to uh, BOF, and I listened to Holy Batcast, and I listened to you know a bunch of different ones back and forth to work. So uh, they started stacking up on me. So I started getting through some, but I think um, I'm one before the Star Wars uh, episode. So that's how far uh, back I am in uh, at least in BOF podcasts. I wanted to ask everybody like how your Christmas and New Year's was, and uh, a happy New Year to everybody out there listening to everyone love the Drake. Uh, happy 2017. I uh, just kind of real quick, uh, just how was everyone's Christmas, and was there any you know Batman related gifts and things like that, or you know maybe just something that happened on New Year's, or did everybody just pass right out and like, hey, Happy New Year, and we were asleep. So <laughs> let's start with uh, Terrence. Uh, yeah, you know it was mostly a Star Wars Christmas this year, that with the movie and then mm. with the the games and toys. Uh, but I did get uh, finally Batman. Uh, v Superman on Blu-ray and Suicide Squad on Blu-ray uh, for Christmas presents, and I gotta say, I was a little disappointed in them. <laughs> they weren't lumps of coal. Lumps of coal. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if you guys felt this, but I just that if the ever two movies needed a commentary track to to sell you those without commentary tracks, yes. really kind of bum me out. And then, I mean. I know this isn't really on the creators or anything like that, but could we get a digital copy for iTunes or something? Some I, I don't even know what the digital Voodoo or I don't even yeah, know what voodoo, it was. Voodoo yeah, yeah. I don't know if anybody actually even uses that, or I guess it's Warner Brothers' own company, or they've they have a deal with it. Uh, but I mean, I use I think I use mine most through, people use Amazon. through yeah. a Flixer is what I use mine Flixer. through. It's it's too. all it's all links to the same. It's like four things, but they link to the same service. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, other than that, it was a pretty cool uh, Christmas. Uh, Ryan. Uh, so if Terrence had a Star Wars Christmas, I kind of had uh, like a Nintendo Christmas. Nice. Uh, yeah, I got like the I got the NES Classic Edition system, which was pretty sweet, and um, and I got my dad at went to has been going to this antique store for like a year or more trying to get this this special item for me and he got me this um retro nintendo display case that you would have seen like in a store you know when he like in the stores back in the 90s or whatever they would have in the nintendo section it'd just be like the giant store displays that like have the nintendo logos on it and all the games in it oh yeah and so so he so he got me this giant display case and it's just really really awesome looking and i should be able to start putting all my video game merchandise in it and stuff so that's really cool nice uh, in terms of Batman stuff, though, I uh, I took my uh, PlayStation VR uh, to my parents' house for the holidays, and it was really great because I've got you know Batman Arkham VR, uh, and both my mom and dad played through the whole game. <laughs> wow! So that was that was really fun to to see them interact with it and 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 go through it and everything. And my dad just really lo- mom mom loved the story, but dad just loved the environments and getting to like look around Gotham city and all that stuff. So that was, that was kind of a treat just to have them experience that. Um, and I also got there. There's a, and Viewmaster also did this, uh, recent Batman, uh, animated series VR thing. Oh, okay. It's more, ki- it's more kid centric, but I did get, there, there's like a gift pack that has like a Batman VR viewer and the animated series thing. And it's actually like a, it's like a 3d interactive, animated series episode and it's got kevin conroy and mark hamill and i think paul dini was involved with the story and it's it's really it's really fun and it's uh relatively inexpensive to get so i also got that so it's pretty good stuff um i i know i was posting stuff up on twitter uh batman and robin just exploded my house at my house this year for Christmas. My wife really went above and beyond. There were uh, Robin statues and Batman statues and Lego sets. And uh, I've got a 
big problem now with the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> We've got the, the <laughs> yeah, you the, do. Yeah, I know <laughs> <laughs> the Lego Batcave uh, command center, and then the little blind bag figures started coming out. So I yeah. had to try and track down Dick Grayson because he came with the Bat Shark. Oh, yeah. I want that one. <laughs> I've got like ten, I've got ten of them so far, and I I really want that Dick Grayson with the shark repellent. And I was watching a guy on YouTube, and uh, he had said, you know, you trying to figure out what they are in the bag to look and feel for the accessory, and uh, you can feel the nozzle like really fairly easy. I was kind of like, oh, this isn't going to work. I probably went through like seven or eight bags, and I got to one. I'm like. I think this is the nozzle, and it was actually uh, correct. So uh, I'm still a little, you know, playing around with the bag. I kind of feel like a dummy in the store, and like somebody's like, "Can I help you?" I'm like, "Nope, just trying to feel this bag here." I'm like, uh, "I've spent many an hour doing that with the kids." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're just like, okay. Then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, hey, I, I think I feel that thing." So yeah, that's that's kind of been my problem. But yeah, I've been putting some stuff up on the uh, Facebook page, and I've been talking about. Um, starting up an Instagram feed possibly for the podcast to kind of maybe focus some more on the comics and just some different stuff that maybe we wouldn't put on the uh, the Twitter feed. Which do you find more awkward when you're in like the toy store or the to- toy aisle when you're standing there and another middle-aged guy comes by next to you and it's two middle-aged guys in the row? Or is it when it's just you and a seven-year-old kid both looking at it? <laughs> uh, it's generally the seven-year-old kid. Yeah. The seven-year-old kid. More not the kid because it's like, hey, what's up? you like, Batman? All right, cool. And then you get the look from the mother. It's like, why are you talking to my son? Like, oh, yeah. I'm really sorry. But, you know, when you have, you know, two middle-aged guys standing there and you're like, what's up? The new wave out yet? Yeah, pretty cool. All right, take it easy. I'm like, all right, both of us are geeks. We get it. But uh, trying to converse with a seven-year-old, I'm like, this isn't my kid. Why am I talking to you? (laughs) Yeah. Um, um, Moving on here uh, as we're going down through our notes, uh, what are we looking forward to uh, in 2017? We've got a whole slate of movies coming out um, and just different – uh, some animated movies. I don't think they've announced the full slate of the animated movies yet, but not only just for the DC universe, but you know, going into like Star Wars and Marvel and those type of things. Um, and it may not even have to be Batman really related, Marvel? but just something. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I hiccuped right there, but uh, cut that out, Rob. Yeah, edit. <laughs> um, yeah, Dustin <laughs> will probably flag the show. Like, why did you say the M word, Michigan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but what are you guys looking forward to, forward to in 2017, <laughs> Terrence? Yeah, I think movie-wise, I mean, episode eight is huge, but that's so far away, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Wonder Woman movie's fairly soon, and I have, I have really high hopes for it, and I think that can um, really infuse a lot of life into the DC Cinematic Universe, which, um, you know, is, is kind of kind of taking its lumps um, the last uh, 2016 or so. Uh, comic book-wise, this is I, I've been, and I know we're going to talk about this a little later, but Rebirth, I've been enjoying the heck out of Rebirth, and I'm really looking forward to uh, just where all the Batman titles are going because I think they're all doing really well, and the um, sort of big, uh, I don't know if it's crossover event or, or company-wide event or whatever they call it, but I believe uh, Greg Capullo is going to be on the art, and I think Scott Snyder's involved in it, and uh, I think it's going to be very Flash and Batman-centric uh, and tying a lot of Watchmen stuff. So uh, I'm really looking forward to the big, big event uh, where a lot of times some of these events that have come up, I've kind of dreaded it, like, oh, how many extra books do I have to buy? And uh, you know, like it wasn't, it was more like a burden. Uh, this one, I'm, I'm really into. Right. Yeah, I think 2017 is going to be very interesting. I don't think we're going to get quite the number of Batman movies that you can watch in the theater that we did in 2016. But uh, you know, we've got the Batman versus Two Face, you know, 66 animated movie that it's I can't wait for. Wonder Woman, I'm excited about Justice League. Um, I'm I'm cautious, but I I I I know that by the time November comes around, I'm we're going to be pretty excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Hopefully we can we'll start seeing something related to Ben Affleck's Batman movie start kind of happening sometime this year. Um, and I'm really excited about the comics as well. You know the the like Terrence was saying the comics have just been excellent. You know just so good to follow. They they are probably I'm trying to think 
it's been a long time since I've been able to read comics and it feel like all the titles are part of the same universe, but they're still good stories, you know, in their own right. I think they're just doing a really fantastic job with 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 that. The last thing that uh that we were just talking about earlier today that I'm excited about is just the that's kind of a single thing is this this Nightfall omnibus. Yes. Um, I'm I'm just and I still don't know much about it, but it seems like it's a a giant hardcover, you know. Nightfall collection, which they've done Nightfall collections in the past, but this one seems like it's just yet another. Hopefully, it's not a cat. Well, it could be kind of a cash grab, but I think that it's going to be hopefully a little bit more definitive, even more definitive than the last releases. So I'm really excited about that too, and for things like uh, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Three. Yeah, finishing. Uh, without you know repeating what every what you guys have already said, I'm excited about all those, and I was. We were talking about the omnibus, and you know, when you say omnibus, you think it's going to be this big, huge thing. I hope it's not like they're just going to put all three volumes that they've already put out. I'm kind of hoping that they'll put the things in, like the search and uh, showcase yeah. issues, and really make it a complete, a completed project. So, yeah, there's not much in there. Is it two volumes? Is it going to be three volumes? Because I thought, oh, the omnibus, it'll be one. Yeah. I thought there's no way they can do one. That thing would be gigantic, they, and, and they've already said. Be huge. Yeah, they've already said that it's one vo- volume one, so that makes you think there will be at least another one. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it's because like in these last issues, they didn't put the search in, but they did put Prodigal, which I just think is just so so weird. But but uh, hopefully, hopefully there's there's more definitive stuff in it. Oh, I didn't even mention the Lego Batman movie. Like that's coming up real like in a month. Yeah, like, and I was awesome. Gotta say, it's a national holiday. February yeah. 10th in my house is a national holiday. If you can't tell, it's a podcaster on this show's birthday. So the, <laughs> the people at Warner Brothers must have said, hmm, we've got to give Rob something special on his birthday. Uh, let's give Robin googly eyes and we'll get a Batman <laughs> movie out there. Which, uh, this wasn't in the topics and maybe it'll be something we'll talk about when the movie comes out. But I'm looking at the picture of Robin I'm like... We're trying to legitimize Robin so much, and you're making him look like a buffoon. Please, I hope yeah. it's the I hope it's the thing that everybody likes, but not taking five steps back with the Robin character. So I'm excited yeah. for the movie, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, please don't screw the character over. <laughs> yeah. Now that's the that is the one thing. The very first time we got like the first full trailer for the Lego Batman movie, and we saw what what Robin was going to be like, I was like, I am really excited about this movie, but. I'm really worried about Robin because they are kind of playing too much into the, you know, Robin's a joke kind of thing. Yeah. And, but the more that I am watching trailers and trying to get invested in the film, I, I think it's going to turn out okay. I think it's going to be, I think, and actually I think the whole story kind of hinges around Robin. I think it's going to be like Batman having to learn how to have a family and, Mm -hmm. and, and take in ramen and 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 all that kind of stuff. So I I I have this feeling that it's going to end up surprising us and be a really good addition to the Batman canon. Yeah, uh, we were talking about Rebirth. Uh, let's just get into the next topic. Uh, Rebirth six months later. I think it goes without a doubt that this has been probably one of the best reboots, not only just for DC or I should say reboots like. Uh, a restart or a, a fine relaunch. Tune. Relaunch, yeah, that's probably the better word. Not only for DC, but just through comics in general. That I think this flew right over the other companies' head. Like they're they're really struggling to try and find what it is they want to do. They may have the movie market down, but their books are just all over the place. And DC finally went back and said, "All right, we know where things are broken, and we know what the fans really like." And I feel like for one of the first times, they really gave back to the fans and said, you know what, you guys have been here, these are the things you guys have liked, and even just going back, I think two days ago, Superman's going to have his red boots. So, I mean, I didn't mind the little, yeah. red, the little red stripe, but seeing Superman with his red boots, I'm like, man, we are so close to having yeah. Superman back, you know, quote-unquote the way he was. If he doesn't get the red underwear, that's, that's fine. Uh, but he looks like Superman, so... I just kind of want to go around. Uh, just any thoughts on Rebirth books that you are still really excited about and then maybe on the other side books you were really wanting to be really good and were just like, you're going to have that in some uh, relaunches. Books that are going to come out of the gate and be really good and then start to suffer or books that come out of the gate 
and just absolutely go nowhere. And you're reading it month to month or now uh, bi-weekly going, okay, come on, let's get better. Come on, let's get better. So uh, let's just start with uh, Ryan. What about uh, rebirth for you in the last six months? Uh, good, bad, uh, indifferent? For the most part, I, I've rebirth has been very good. And it's been so good that I've had to kind of stick with titles that I started with, and I and I have been cautiously picking up new ones. Um, it's it's because I'm like I like all the ones that I'm getting, so it's hard to add new ones. Um, but in terms of the Batman stuff, you know, as we all know, I think I speak for all of us when I say Detective is still our favorite book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's Detective yeah. is just amazing, and it's only going to get well. Yeah, I mean, they killed off Tim, but he's coming back, and they're not, and they're obviously not ignoring. Uh, where Tim is and what is going on with him, and soon we're going to get you know Azrael back on the team. And this, I mean, it, it's like the '90s resurgence <laughs> in Detective <laughs> Comics, and I I think it's awesome. Uh, the main Batman title and uh, is not. It started out okay, but the more I read it, the more I'm starting to not like it, um, like at all, honestly. But uh, but I, I'm I'm still reading it, still in, enjoying it, really, for the most part. Um, I'm enjoying Nightwing. You know, you've got him back in Bloodhaven. Um, I'm reading, you know, all the other titles too. I've got I'm reading Flash and Green Lantern, and you know, there's the two Green Lantern titles. There's Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, and there is Green Lanterns. And Green Lanterns is actually surprising me. It's it's usually been, it has been my uh, favorite title over the two. And um, you know, and I think in a couple months they're even going to have a Green Lantern's Batman crossover in that book. So that sounds really interesting too. Did they in bring, terms of book? I'm sorry. What, did, did they bring Kyle back into that? Because I'm not reading that book. Uh, Kyle just showed up in Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern okay. Corps. Okay. So, so in the very most recent issue. Okay. So you can see him there. Um, and books that are kind of slipping for me. Uh, I guess the Flash, like. Started out okay, but I'm getting a little tired of it. Uh, same can be said for Green Arrow, um, and definitely Justice League. Like Justice League started out okay, but the more I read it, I'm just like, I am not interested in this. And now they've got the uh, Suicide Squad and um, Justice League crossover, and like the last issue was about like Maxwell Lord, and I'm just like, okay, I'm <laughs> I'm like totally, totally at a zero interest level on this and i'm just i kind of am about to just drop it but but overall i'm really happy about rebirth and i'm excited about these new crossovers that they have coming up soon with like the, the button stuff between batman and the flash they're going to start investigating this whole watchman connection so there's you know for all and that's the thing too like once you get into these comics there are so many comics that you kind of you can give them all a shot whenever they do a relaunch like this, but then you can kind of settle into the, you know, the books that you enjoy reading and ones that don't feel like a chore and just kind of do that. And Rebirth has a lot to offer. And the the two-a-week thing, or not two-a-week, the uh, bi-monthly shipping, yeah. the bi-monthly thing is working out really well, I think. I mean, it's it's it. I think that is got – I think that's had a lot to do with – making it feel like it's a big connected universe and and it's it's uh not as hard to keep up with as I thought it would be and it's just making everything it's just fleshing out all the stories a lot more and I'm really enjoying it. Terrence. Yeah, Rebirth. I've I've been enjoying the heck out of Rebirth. Um you know, I'd kind of kind of had left comics for a while except for like sort of the bat titles um and just wasn't just kind of lost some interest in in the new 52. And since Rebirth's come out i pretty much bought everything through uh the dcbs uh subscription so it's it's a it's a little under 100 bucks a month which comes out to you know about 25 bucks a week so it hasn't been too uh too bad on the budget because uh so that's the first thing i like is that they've kept that 299 price point i remember um a couple of years it was, it was before the new 52 so it was almost like six or seven years ago where they did this thing like drawing the line at 299 yeah and I, and I remember thinking, oh, how long is that going to last? But now we're like six or seven or eight years into it, and they've they've kept that price point. Um, and that's I think really good to in this day and age uh, to to pick up new titles or to take a risk and and uh, or uh, the variant covers. So I've I've been picking up a lot of variant covers uh, at the comic book store, which isn't close. It takes me a good forty five minutes or so to get there. Oh, wow. So you know to go there and pick up some variants and stuff. Um, 
and then get the subscription. Uh, I, you know, the biggest surprise is how much I've liked Dan Jurgen stuff. Uh, I had kind of yeah. thought, yeah, I, I thought, yeah, I had thought in the new 52, I remember reading his stuff and thinking it, it was really dated. Like I hated he, it. He hadn't, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Justice League International was like one of the worst books. Exactly. Of the new yeah. 52. It was like it was like right out in 1993, and not in a good way, not in like a nostalgic, fun way. Like he hasn't grown. And Action Comics with the whole thing with uh, Clark Kent and Superman and Lex Luthor, and it's been really good. And his. Uh, Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond is good too. It's really good. It had just had a cliffhanger in the last issue I read, um, so I've I really liked those titles. I, I've really liked all the Bat books. I really like Batman. I know Ryan kind of disagrees, but I think you know to take a character that's had like 80 years worth of you know publication and to kind of do something new and kind of different with them, um, you know, King. He kind of, if you're doing it right, some people aren't going to like it, you know, and then, you know, some people will like it. I, I really I like what he's doing. I think Detective is the cream of the crop as far as the writing. And I'm really I, I actually like the team even better with Asriel and Batwing kind of in it, as well as um, spoiler now kind of playing her role as the spoiler of the team. I, I just think they're going in really good places there. Um the the art, you know, the the one thing I, I was worried about with it coming out twice a month is that uh, you don't have like that that writer artist team coming out with a book every month where like you had that Snyder Capullo. So it's a lot of like writers yeah. and, and two or three artists. But for the most part, the art's been pretty consistent from book to book. The, the only book where I cringed was Cyborg. Um, there's a couple issues of Cyborg where they had more than one artist in the book. And the art wasn't that great, and it was really – I mean, it just kind of make you cringe, the, the different pages. Other than that, they've been kind of doing great. Uh, the titles uh, Ryan mentioned as well, I really like. But you know what book I, I really, really like, and I was surprised at how much I liked it, is New Superman. Um, really? Yeah. Have, have you guys I, been reading that? No, or? I've, no. I've, I've not touched that with a 10-foot pole because I'm just like – you know, I'm, I'm yeah. reading Superman and Action and um, – I'm just like, you know, couldn't really find a reason to try to jump ship and well, not jump ship, but a reason to to add any more Superman titles. So that's interesting that it's good. Yeah, it's it's got absolutely nothing to do so far with Clark Kent or Superman or Metropolis. Um, but it's it's written. I know it's written by a Chinese American and it takes place in China. And I'm not too sure. I saw him in an interview, but I'm not so sure um, how deep a connection he has to China, whether he grew up there or lived there or just his family. But um, it's just it's really cool. Like the first issue, the guy who I forget his name, but he who becomes the new Superman is not really the nicest of guys. He's kind of a jerk. And the the author uh, was saying how, you know, if you read the Action Comics, number one, Clark Kent wasn't the nicest of guys. He kind of modeled him on the 1939 Clark Kent. Um, So what, what they've done is they have like the Justice League of China. But instead of uh, introducing, you know, seven or eight different uh, new heroes, they, they have the new Superman who's like the Superman of China. Uh, they've got the, the Chinese uh, new Wonder Woman and the Chinese Batman. And the Batman guy's kind of overweight and they kind of – I don't know. The, the dialogue <laughs> and everything is just really good and he, he's kind of ribbing him all the time about uh, Batman being overweight and too chubby and Batman's ribbing Superman about not being quite good enough. And I don't know. New Superman, I'm surprised at how much I, I like that and, and I, I, that's – like um, probably of all the new stuff, it's probably my favorite, and uh, it's it's definitely one of my favorite rebirths. I'm on quite a few of the titles uh, that you guys have all mentioned. Uh, my biggest stacks that have yet to be read are Flash and Green Arrow, and I've always yep. found myself really like I really like the character of the Flash. I really like the character of Green Arrow. I would always be like, oh, pick your Justice League members. They're always there. So because of that, I always feel like I have to read those books because I say I like those characters. They're always on the bottom of the stack, and, and I enjoy them. And every month or every week I go, uh, if they're the last on my stack, and it's my least favorite's the wrong thing to say, but if I'm not the one like, oh, I, I can't wait to get home and read this epi- issue of The Flash, then why am I getting the book? And I'm kind of... I'm feeling that way reading the stories. Like, they're good, but 
maybe yeah. I could read something else that I'm going to, like the, the Superman book that Terrence was just talking about, that might be worth a shot, and maybe that could be something that, if it's not at the top of my read list, like I'm 12 issues behind on both books, um, and that... That's me, like every issue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ju- yeah, just about. I mean, I've, I've, I've read up to... Issue three in both, so I forget. Maybe that's nine issues, but still, that's nine issues of unread comics that I'm yeah. carrying around with me. I'm like, I'll I'll get to them and I'll I'll probably enjoy them. But I, I can... think I know I think I know why, and I agree with that for those two books in particular. And I think I know why they're slipping, and it's just a simple fact that is of the TV shows. Like yeah. those two characters, I I I would pick up Flash. Sometimes consistently, especially if somebody was like Jeff Johnson was writing it, but I would never pick up Green Arrow, although I always like the character. Mm-hmm. But now that we have the CW shows, uh, those shows to me, and probably for a lot of people, I think have kind of become the preferred canon or the preferred, uh, Version. you know, yeah. in- versions, interpretations of the characters. And so now when I read Green Arrow and it's got like Emiko and all these other people and, you know, the way they're doing Black Canary and just like. It doesn't really work. Well, it works, but it's just it's just unfamiliar to somebody that's that knows the TV shows. And yeah, same yeah. thing with the Flash. You know, you don't have your Star Labs people, and you know Iris and his relationships a little different, and all that. And you know, it just it's it almost feels like there's a little bit too, you know, and it feels like there's almost a little bit too much. Uh, old comic book canon, you know, creating baggage for it, which is, which some of that stuff might be there on purpose for people like, you know, as part of the rebirth initiative for people to, you know, that like that old stuff. But for new people like me, it's just kind of like, eh, yeah, I like the TV stuff better. Right. Um, I think Terrence had said, uh, maybe, I forget who had said that the Justice League was just not, not working. That's yeah. That's the book where there there was a guest writer I think recently, and I'm like, okay, that's not bad. But then I was like, Hitchens or Hutchins, whatever, is going to be back on the book, and I'm like, it's I'm just not feeling it. So the book that I've really been liking is Trinity. Um, to me, I'm like Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. That's my main draw for reading Justice League is seeing how those three act. So if I figure if I cut the rest of the team out, I might as well just continue reading Trinity, and I'm really digging the story there. So that's the surprise book for me that I'm really enjoying. Uh, one that's coming out this year is Super Sons, uh, which is going to dovetail out of Superman, which I'm loving uh, Tomasi and Gleason on that book. I have not been a traditional Superman. like I like the character, but if you go through all my old issues, I have sporadic Superman issues here or there. I picked it up because maybe it came in a poly bag with three other books. But this has been the Superman book that I have really enjoyed, and then I'm finding out that action is also really good. I was like, well, I'll just get Superman just because Tomasi and Gleason, and I'm not going to pick up action. And now I'm finding out I made a mistake in not picking up action as well because <laughs> it's really good. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that the trades are just now coming out. So I thought, well, rather than go back and get those single issues, I'll pick up the trade and then maybe hop back on. So I thought, well, I can drop Justice League, pick up you know, action, and go from there. And I'm I'm probably right in the middle with you guys with Batman. I like it, but there's something I don't like about it. So yeah. an issue comes out, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And the next issue, I'm like, well, that's not so bad. So it's I, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of floating somewhere in the middle. I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. But there, I, there's there's like little parts in Batman that I feel like are just missing the character. And I I you know, and admittedly, we can we'll talk about this later in the comics we're talking about today, but. When people say like, "Well, that's not Batman," or "That's not what Batman would do," sometimes I'm like, "Well, you know, <laughs> you can't really say make a broad generalization like that." But sometimes in reading the the, the Batman title, I I have thought that like in one of these most recent issues, he's like, the whole issue is about, you know, spoilers. You know, his whole issue is about how he he you know was kind of cutting his wrist as a kid and stuff like that. And and then there's a later part of the issue where he's just like, "I know what Batman is. I am suicide," and I'm just like. No, no, yeah. you're not. Batman, <laughs> yeah. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. That's, <laughs> and not just, you know, that's what Batman is. Batman's not suicide. I'm like, that just, none of that made sense to me. And it just seemed very disingenuous. But sorry, sorry for interrupting, Rob. But that's no, just, no. I just had to get that out. Yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am with that. And, you know, Detective, I mean, we can 
we we've been singing the praises uh, of that. And it was nice that I sent out a tweet through the podcast. You know, uh, James Tiny had put up. You know, he got the first copies of the trade coming out. I'd said, you know, you're uh, doing a wonderful job, and he had liked the tweet. And I thought, oh, that's really you know pretty cool. But you know, that's not blowing smoke. It's it has been so good. And I thought, well, Tim's ain't well gone, quote unquote. You know, dead, and nobody knows where he is. Am I going to lose? interest in it because Tim's not in the book and it's kind of actually heightened my interest like he's still writing the character so very well I'm like even without Tim and then when we get little glimpses of him I'm like oh yeah he's he's still doing the work so um, I've been absolutely uh, happy with it first of all one thing I forgot to mention but it's in the rebirth that I'm really looking forward to 2017 is uh, all-star Batman when yeah jo- the jock yes. issue because I've been buying, I've been buying two copies of that every month. The the regular that book cover is fantastic. Cover. I, yeah, I forgot to mention that. That has been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and I know you guys covered um, the the first story arc on Batman on film for a little yeah. bit, but I agree with kind of like what you guys had said in that this is probably the first Scott Snyder story where I like the last issue the most. You know, it, he he's always great at setting up those stories and then sometimes the endings fall flat and this man that that last issue was awesome <laughs> when they were all like yeah. on the river heading for the waterfall hanging on a boat like two-face and and i always forget his duke's code name what is it yellow bat whatever he yeah. is now <laughs> and then uh uh two-face uh, yeah that was just really really good um but all i i was curious on your thoughts because it's funny rob because you said that one of the highlights for you has been trinity and to me i that's one of my disappointments has been mm. trinity I, I love trinity all right could what is is it the art because here's what i th- no no thought and i'll let you guys respond i thought the art was great but the the story i was just kind of like because it's the whole black mercy thing again and i'm like really this is how we're starting this big book the trinity book off with a, a retread of a story we've seen like 15 times already uh with the whole you know black mercy um did you guys you like that they're doing like a the fantasy black mercy thing to start it I didn't initially like it, but Manipal's art has really sucked. I mean, I've always liked uh, his art, but the the duo of the two, and I'm forgetting uh, the other contributor to the book. It's uh, escaping me at the moment. But I like how they – I feel like they're both telling the story. One's writing and one's uh, drawing it, obviously. And I thought first, Manipal was doing the, the story and the art. Ours, yes, he ours. did for an issue or two. Yeah. Okay. Now. I got issue four in front of me, and it's got a Manuela – Lapuccino as the pencils yeah. and Ray McCarthy as the inks. And I don't know if he was just taking an issue off or um, that's a change. But yeah, um, yeah, the art's been great. Sorry, go ahead, Rob. No, I uh, at first I didn't like the way the story was starting. I thought, I, we've already kind of done this, but I feel like there's new elements to it. And I feel like a lot of that stuff might have been shackled in the New 52, like you're talking about Jurgens. Like, no, no, we gotta we got to keep this in the New 52. I feel like once those things came off, I feel like this is like, okay, this is how we really wanted to tell the story to begin with. So let's just kind of deconstruct it and put it back together the way we originally wanted to. And there's more things that are coming out, and I'm really just finding enjoyment in in that and seeing different aspects of it that maybe we didn't get the first time. I, what was your take on it, uh, Ryan? Uh, yeah, and Terrence, what what you said about the Black Mercy thing is true, and we've seen that re you know redone in lots of lots of media and lots of comics. But what it does in Trinity, I'm, I'm trying not to think about it from that you know from the story point of view. I'm just thinking about it from a character point of view. And here we get that kind of Black Mercy setup, but you see how you know Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman all have to to interact and work together through it instead, and it. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, if you ever liked the old Batman Superman comics, how it was always a very did a very good job of showing the comparing and contrasting both of those characters. But now you like also throw Wonder Woman in it, and it and I think it's just giving it an interesting initial framework for this first story, just to kind of show how each of those three characters complement each other and what they mean to each other. And um, so and, and a lot like I said, a lot of the writing I think is just very well done and i think it's i think it's doing a good job of getting to the heart of the characters 
Yeah. So for me, so for me, that's that's why I'm really liking Trinity. It's not just the art. It's it's I I just think he's doing a really good a really good character piece. So I you know time will tell like what what that series turns into after this initial arc. But but at the moment, I think it's just doing it. It's a good mission statement of uh you know Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman as a as a team together. Yeah, definitely. So do I. Um, let's um, move forward a little bit and uh, talk about the vin- uh, victim, <laughs> victim <laughs> syndicate in uh, uh, Detective Comics. Uh, Terrence has had a little bit to say about this. So, uh, what do you got there, Terrence? Yeah, well, you know, like when Tim Drake, quote unquote, died. I'm doing air quotes right now. If you can't <laughs> see it, uh, you know, we kind of thought, and I remember Rob, you were like, and we had to talk you off the ledge a little I bit. Know. You were just like, oh no, this is it. When are we ever gonna? see him again and you know maybe my grandchildren in the year 2059 will (laughs) read about his reboot or something but um it's actually uh after the monster men uh issues or debacle or whatever you want to call that monster men stuff wasn't my favorite but um you know it was kind of like tim died all right now let's fight monsters so it was kind of pushed to the side uh they've kind of actually been addressing a lot of the tim stuff uh, in the victim syndicate, uh, and I, I, I wanted to mention issue. What was it here? Nine forty six um, starts out uh, with like a flashback of Tim and Bruce, but they're Batman and Robin. Um, and does it give a time? Three months ago. So I, I'm, I'm thinking three months either before his death or before the the first issue. And they're kind of going over this idea of the team. And I just thought this was it one, two, three, three. It's only three pages, but it's yeah. it's got a lot of dialogue. So it's pretty thick. And I just I mean, I thought the art was pretty fantastic. I think their new rebirth suits look really good. I mean, uh, seeing them together like that, uh, I just thought it, it looked really natural. Like it took me a minute to remember, like, oh, these are new suits. And it was just a good exchange of dialogue. And I really liked because Batman, you know, like, and Ryan just said, you know, you can't say, oh, Batman wouldn't do that because you're talking about a character that's got yeah. <laughs> 80 years of stories from so many different artists and writers and uh, filmmakers and television and cartoon. And, you know, there's so many different versions. But but in essence, sort of Batman's angry. You know, he's mad that his parents were killed and he's going on and he's putting training and putting on this costume and going out on the streets and getting payback for his parents being killed and 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 you know instead of being the victim going after those guys who who do do stuff like this and making sure that you know no other you know kids are gonna you know have their parents dead in the street or that kind of thing but you know he's not much of the long-range let's change society kind of visionary he's more like i'm going to put on these gauntlets and go kick somebody's ass (laughs) where this exchange i think is really great because you've got tim talking like big picture and like inspiring people and talking about like it leading to volunteers in hospitals and 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 like i just thought it was a really great exchange of how tim is kind of influencing Batman to think big picture and think long term. And even one like Batman panel turns to him and says, Tim, thank you. Um, so I don't know. What did you guys think of that opening of 946? I thought that was really good. And I, I kind of thought that it was going to be more, okay, this is how we're going to put Tim in. He's either going to become a hologram or it's going to be all in flashbacks. And I thought, well, this is going to suck if this is how we're getting Tim Drake. But it was written so well that you did feel like that Tim was still there. And then when it kind of goes to present time, Batman is remembering those things that Tim said and is applying those lessons that... And that's the thing that made me smile. Uh, Robin teaching Batman a lesson that... Yeah. Uh, and I was like, wow, that doesn't that doesn't normally happen. I like how Tinian's not afraid to show this is how important the Tim Drake character is, even so much so that Batman is able to say thank you to Tim for showing him something. And like you said it perfectly, like having Batman look at the bigger picture rather than the smaller picture. And that's would be normally the opposite thing that would be happening. So I thought that was just absolutely great. Ryan. Uh, I, yeah, I kind of agree with all of that. And it's, it's one of those things where I, you know, Tinian talked about how this victim syndicate arc would, show what happens to the team after Tim's gone and kind of what Tim's influence was. 
And you can see that in that first, you know, section with Batman, but then you can also, I think, see it in what happens to Spoiler. You know, without Tim there, she kind of reevaluates how all this is happening and, you know, the victim syndicate people kind of get to her and she has those, she has a conversation with like a Robin robot kind of, kind of deal. And, uh, I think it just, you know, shows, and it really affects her. I think it shows this, you know, what happens when Tim's not there. Um, so I just thought that was, you know, it's a, it's a, overall the story is really good because it just shows you some of the, um, failings of Batman and, how he needs to to work with other people to kind of you know make Gotham a better place. And uh, what I really like the um, Tim Drake hologram scenes because yeah. sometimes the hologram yeah. stuff it can just be a little too on the nose or a little. I just thought Tinian did a great job writing that. Like it really felt like a hologram. It had just enough of Tim Drake's sort of essence, but it wasn't like you know in. Um, Superman in Man of Steel when you see, you know, Clark's uh, or Kal-El's father, Jor-El, like that's basically just Jor-El there. Like there's no feeling of a hologram too much or where this, I, I don't know, he just did it just so well where there's well, just it plays off questions. of it too, yeah, like yeah. where, where spoilers just like, well, I know you're not Tim and, you know, you couldn't replace him and, you know, there was, there was yeah. good character stuff with that. Yeah, I just, I thought that was done really well. What'd you think of the hologram, Rob? I, I liked it. I think I was a little trepidatious at first, um, going, ah, it's uh, like Tim's going to be there, but he's not a hologram, or we're going to get attached to a hologram. And when Stephanie started talking to, like, like you just said, like I know you're not there. There, there's that disconnect that he's standing right in front of her, and she wants him to be there so much, but they could have very easily read that to believe that okay, Steph's got her boyfriend back, and she's got to go up to you know. Uh, the hologram deck on the Enterprise, and you know, interact, yeah. and, you know, do all that stuff, and I, I just like the way that they did it. So every time that he would pop up that way, I'd be like, oh, that's that's cool how how he's being used, and it was it's a very Tim Drake thing to do, you know, having that backdoor playing like, well, in the event that I'm not here, I can still be here. So I thought that was pretty cool. I like I like the eyes, and I I like also too that. He used Clayface's morphing technology or morphing ability with his technology yeah. to make it. I thought that was a really good twist. I imagine you're probably going to talk about 947. Yeah, the ending. Holy <laughs> crap. Man, that was like so cool. If you know, if ever I wanted to have the DeLorean time machine and jump in the future and find out what's going on, it would be from those last pages. That was set up so perfectly. Uh, I love how Tim Drake's got his whole suit apart and uses that to break out of there and then puts the suit back on before he leaves. And just the whole, Oh man, the cliffhanger. Awesome. And it makes me also feel that he's going to play a big part in the big summer crossover event. So what'd you guys think of that ending? I I thought it, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And he gets his own like giant splash page and just showing, like you said, he's got every little thing, you know, tore apart on the suit to try and get as much juice or whatever he can out of it. And I like the callback that the picture that Stephanie's looking back, like the Instagram like chat little thing with the dog faces, that Tim is looking at that very same photo on like on his gauntlet. Like while he's working on all this, he's got a picture of the two of them up there. The hologram. A, yeah, a little hologram. Yeah. I thought that was that was really cool. And then seeing his resourcefulness and then the heartbreak of him getting sucked right back into the room and he just he doesn't understand like he thought he had a way out and he's right back at ground zero and you're like no so i thought that, I thought that was great Ryan. yeah and it's oh so i was just say it's so intriguing to the setup very far away like oh yeah yeah <laughs> sorry ryan yeah and i yeah all that stuff was hilarious and it's very tim drake to to be and it's very Batman actually just to be like locked up in somewhere and you're just using every little resource at your disposal to try to you know MacGyver your way out of it. I I thought that was pretty brilliant. Did, yeah. they, did he? Who did he? Did he see somebody? And he was just like, that's impossible. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. What, what was saw. that? Yeah, I don't says, know. I don't understand. I, he says that's not possible. That's and then he gets zapped and then he's back yeah. in his cell and then he says, I don't, I don't understand. So we had, we, it's a mystery right now. What exactly yeah. he saw. Yeah. I, I was just wondering, I'm like, what is it? What could it be? No. Yeah. 
See, at first read, I took it as he got out and got sucked back in, and you know that's yeah. not possible. And I was going back through and rereading it the other day, and realizing, like you said, like oh no, he, he saw something that's not impossible. And so yeah. then I'm like going back through the issue, like was there something we missed? And uh, you know, we just we don't know that yet. So darn you, Tinian. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what I also wanted to mention uh, and see what you guys think about Spoiler's new role, because when I first read, was reading it, I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. She, this is, she's so irrational and this wouldn't happen. And then I'm thinking, well, how old is she? Was she like 18, 19, yeah. you know, getting ready for college? And, you know, how do 18 or nine year old, 19 year olds or how do I act when you're in love with somebody? You don't act very rational. It's, well, and then it, if someone, and that person gets killed, I mean, I, even though it is ridiculous, I think it's fitting for how someone in that situation at that age and that stage in life would act. So, oh, sorry, Ryan, yeah. go ahead. No, yeah. I was just going to say, I think it kind of does fit in with their character because this would not be the first time Spoiler has done something very stupid and irrational. Like, if you go back and look mm-hmm. at, you know, some of the other storylines like, uh, you know, um, War, War games. games and all that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was a prime example. Just like, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time she's kind of gone off the deep end, so... All right, so I have a question for Ryan, and this is something that I'm pretty excited about. In the the first Detective Comics uh, Rebirth issue, which I forget what number that was, we 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 saw Mr. Jean Paul Valley for a couple of for a cup of yeah. coffee, and then he left. But now yeah. he's come back, and it looks like he actually might even be joining the team or having a much bigger role. So yeah. I was curious as to Ryan, how do you feel about Mr. Jean Paul coming back? I I am ecstatic because that's you know Tinian is has been really good about speaking his mind about how important he thinks Tim Drake is and he's also you know obviously is as a big fan of the Jean Paul Valley Azrael too you know he had him back in the uh, Batman and Robin Eternal and all that so to see him at the beginning of this detective arc was great but then he got his butt kicked. Uh, but they, but he still kept him around in some of the other issues. And way back in um, November, uh, Tinian was in was answering Twitter questions, and I asked him about Azrael, and he said um, that he Azrael is joining the joining the team at 9:50, and I'm like, holy crap, that's amazing! So it's it's cool, it's very cool to me that you know he's using this issue 950 as a nice big milestone. It's like a 48 page extravaganza comic book and all that. And, you know, Azrael's joining the team then. So it just seems like a, if you look at detective as this just all encompassing, like nineties throwback crossover story, but in one comic book, I just think it's kind of amazing and I can't wait for it. I think the thing that I like the most about it, I mean, we were kind of referring to it as a, this nineties, like crossover, hey, everything you liked about the nineties in this book, but at no time do I feel like it's dated. Like, oh, this is, no, this reeks of 1990. It's there's some it's great just that feeling of yeah. like all these all these characters coming together to serve a bigger purpose, and it's just really good character work. But without the 90s, like you know, nine feel for the lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll be able to do Azrael as good as the TV show Gotham did, but he'll try. Uh. He'll try. <laughs> I know that's a sore spot with Ryan. So uh, I that room wound had yeah. just healed, and then you cut it right open with the. <laughs> yeah. Have to, have to cauterize it back with a flaming sword. Yeah, and I was gonna say the same thing you were gonna say, Rob. It's like it's got such a. Uh, you could tell Tinian's got such a love for the '90s, but yet he's he's brought the '90s 20 years in the future, and it's it's a modern feel. I love the layouts in the book too. Like I, I've noticed, if you look at the end of the book, it's like all the ads are bunched together because there's so many two-page, you know, um, spreads with the artwork that looks fantastic. Now I know you guys, I think, um, said you didn't read it. I don't have it in front of me. I think it's issue number nine um, of Batman. It's the one with him and Catwoman where they're sort of dancing on the rooftops. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's one. It, they kind of do a, a quick cut of like Batman and Catwoman like catching. Well, I think it's that night. It's a little hard to read Tom King sometimes knowing where everything's taking place. Uh, but uh, it feels like they're catching a bunch of different criminals that night. And one of the criminals that they catch is King Snake, mm. which made me think, ah, oh, in Rebirth, he's back. Now, I don't know if this is just a 
one panel throwaway thing that we'll never see again or if this means there may be some some king snake in the future but i was wondering do you is is king snake would you consider him tim drake's number one villain he's a popular recurring villain at least yeah I mean, later issues would have you think that Anarchy is a very Tim Drake, mm-hmm. you know, enemy. But King's, but King Snake, his he had what three arcs? in yeah. Robin related comics, and the miniseries, right? Wasn't he in yeah, Robin? Yeah, I'm, I'm including yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like a, such a big. And there was a crossover yeah. between Robin, Detective, and Batman, where King Snake uh, was in there. Um, I would probably say I'd probably go with Anarchy is probably his biggest. If they would have used him more going into the latter part of, actually into the early part of the uh, 2000s before the Red Robin series hit, I would have said so. But after a while, he just completely vanished. So, but that I do go right to King Snake when you talk about Robin. I think, oh, that's that's a big villain of his, but it's a villain that disappears after a while. I think the last time I saw him, he was dead in Black as Night. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And what's weird, he's supposed to be Bane's dead father, right? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, I was expecting more out of him for with that revelation, like, oh, that's Bane's dad, and then that was just kind of like, all right, Blackest Night, now we're, we're done. So I did, I have not read that, but I thumbed through it, and I think I maybe even tweeted that out. Uh, you and, did. Yeah, because I think, Ryan, you had even said something like, is he, you know, Bane's father or, or yeah. whatever in it. So, yeah, that, that was a... I think I saw the picture online. I thought, I wonder what issue that is. And then I usually kind of thumb really quick through the books that I'm getting, just kind of glancing through them. And I saw that picture, and I was like, holy crap, that's this issue. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Well, I think this is going to bring us to the end of episode 49. A little peek behind the curtain. Uh, We're going to record a second episode here to get into what our main discussion was. So come back in a couple weeks for episode 50, where we will uh, get back on track with Nightfall. So on the behalf of Ryan, our new co-host, and uh, Terrence, uh, this is Rob, and you have been listening to Robin Everyone Loves the Drake on the BatmanUniverse.net. Take care and have a good evening. Bye. They say that time can heal the pain of the scars. Forget, forget that only goes so far. You were someone I opened my heart to. Till I ask you for help. Someone else I was sanctified I used to feel justified I need to be crucified Fire, fire My life has just begun I'm standing in the shiny Thanks for listening to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all related Batman characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for your entertainment purposes. There is no money exchanging hands at any time for any reason. I can't even find a quarter underneath my keyboard. So no infringement is intended by this show. This also applies to all music and sound clips as well. So there should be no need for you to send Lex Luthor's lawyers after us. That would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. You can now get a hold of the show in a few different ways now. The most recent is on Twitter. We are at ELTD Podcast. You can also now get a hold of us via email. It only took me two years to get one. So if you want to email in, you can do so at RobinELTDPodcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. And we are also on YouTube. In the search engine in YouTube, just type in Robin Everyone Loves the Drake and it'll take you to our YouTube page. And as always, you can message directly over at the Batman Universe website. So email, tweet, message us. We'd love to hear from you and we will read your comments on the air. 
The show that you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes, Windows Media, and over at our host site, The Batman Universe. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It will help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to thebatmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We will see you in a few weeks. Take care.